Hey everybody, it's Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 39 of the podcast. The tw- we did make a Twitter page. We'd like everybody to follow the Twitter because we, I'm guessing Twitter works better than uh, Facebook when it comes to getting into touch with your fans or just putting out information out there because that leads me into um, last week we did a couple of Facebook posts of, on the on the official page. I posted on my personal page and Blake posted on his personal page, but Blake did put out his first, uh, he, he wrote a, a short story, a short horror story that he released on Amazon last week. Yeah, it's called They Come This Night. It's super short. It's like 20 pages. Yeah, it's a short horror story. Yeah. A brief kind of intro. It is a Colonial Times uh, home invasion story. And it, forewarning, though, uh, it is written in the second-person perspective. Yeah. So I make you the character. Yeah. And uh, it focuses on a, uh, a young woman named uh, Miriam. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say too much more about it because I don't want to kind of spoil anything. But it's free for anyone who has Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. I think that's a... I think you get Kindle Unlimited... Kindle Unlimited if you're a Prime member? No. No, it's not. It's something no, it's different. A, it's a separate purchase. Kind of like if you get you get Prime, but you don't get Music Unlimited and stuff like that. You get like Music Unlimited, Kindle Unlimited. Those are additional purchases. I thought they used to all be all bundled in one. You get, sometimes when you're a new member, we've had Prime for freaking yeah, 10 years, yeah. but uh, if you're a new Prime, it, sometimes they, they'll, they'll give you like a month. Okay. Like, we, got a, we got a month of music however many years ago. We didn't use it because who uses Amazon Music? Yeah, true. <laughs> And well, if you don't have Kindle Unlimited, uh, it, it it is just a dollar. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, you, you'll definitely appreciate the support. Uh, we've already got a bunch of uh, friends and family have already have already dipped their toes into it and stuff like that. And uh, if you can uh, take the time, if you read it, it does actually help. His uh, we don't normally we don't really ask for podcast reviews and stuff like that. But uh, uh, if you happen to read and buy and buy it and read it, uh, please re- leave a review on Amazon. It does help his. Uh, Visibility on Amazon, like it, like it does anywhere else, leaving reviews. Um, please, probably don't just write a review just because you like Blake. He'd probably prefer you read it and yeah, write a write a real review. Don't just five star. Be like, I love Blake. Let's let's that that won't help him. I mean, according to Amazon, it probably would, but like that's he don't he don't want the fake stuff. Yeah. <coughs> so and that's a a pre thank you for everyone who does that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, that so that's if you just search, it comes up right away. You just search "They Come This Night" on Amazon. It pops up right away, and you'll see some uh, cool. Uh, he got a really cool. We found a guy who did a really cool cover art for there. Do you, do you got his name off the top of your head? His name's. Uh, I was gonna say it's uh, Wesley Edwards. Yeah. And if you like the artwork, you can find him at WesleyEdwards.com. Yeah, and it's he really cool. Yeah, we had scoped out Reddit and uh, Blake scoped out some Instagram people looking for kind of horror artists. 
and that guy uh, was pretty amazing. I found some great ones, but he was the one that was most in tune with what I wanted with this particular style. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, along along with the rest of the, you know, people, if you keep listening, you know most of the social media stuff. It's basically, if you search our name everywhere, you will find us. Uh, that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. And Spotify. And Spotify. Spotify is the music playlist that I've, I've you know, I've got together. Um, the, the more important things we're kind of leaning more into right now is, um, one, the Discord page. If you can find, if you'll join our Discord, I said page. I don't know the terminology. Server. If you get our get on our Discord server. Uh, we get if you get people on there, uh, you can go on there and uh, you know chat directly with us and uh, Discord. And then we'd like to get more on the on the Twitch. We do. We, we have been streaming on the weekends. What are co-op games? We've been playing Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which come to find out is immensely boring to play. Uh, we're we're going to probably wrap it up today maybe I don't, I don't want to date the podcast but uh who knew gears of war was so freaking boring um that aside and then the last thing um that i've done recently is to help us uh kind of uh if anybody's interested help us kind of cover the cost of uh, the equipment we've bought for the podcast uh the devious pixel arts not free and stuff like that so i did start a finally started a patreon page uh, for the podcast, uh, I won't. Uh, this this intro is already kind of long, so maybe I won't go into the details of it on this episode. But it's just patreon.com forward slash two smoking controllers, and you'll find us there. And we've got three tiers of uh, different things you can do to help out the the podcast itself. And you get uh, right now. There's not much, well, you do get stuff for doing it. Of course, there's other, there's added stuff that I've thrown on there for right now, and I would like to. Um, add more as time goes on but uh it is what it is right now and i I, it'll grow if we get any any interest in it i'd like to add to it and do more things but i think there's fun stuff on there right now so please if you're interested help us out because we could we could could use a little bit of help and we'd like to make the podcast better and better very much so you got anything else um i think i've think i did thing that i wanted to say i think i think we're good so, yeah, I guess that's it. That's probably one of our longest intros. We had a lot of announcements, a lot of kind of cool stuff uh, going on with the podcast and with Blake, you know, being a author. Uh, if it helps, he does write better than he talks, so. Because I can think about it longer. <laughs> so if you think, I don't know, man, he don't sound so bright on the podcast sometimes, I promise he's spent a long, long time writing his story. So, And he's got, you know, uh and also on the Discord, if you want to write him and tell him you liked his story and stuff like this, that's perfectly fine, too. I've made different channels on the Discord for different things, music, blah, blah, blah. I guess there's not really a general a general channel. But anyway, you can get on there, and Blake will see the message right away. So anything like that. Or if, uh, and again, the email address is, uh, we have, if you want to write, write him, him, Blake, Blake an email about his story or anything like that, he'll, he'll gladly read it and, uh, I don't know, just interesting stuff. It's, it's kind of cool. Like we got a lot, of, a lot of Patreon. I don't know, just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not really much to add to that. Just thank everyone who's listening and yeah, everything. It's, it's been awesome. Um, Ready to with get that, you. yeah, I'll, I'll let you take over. I'm going to intro the. With that, we're doing uh, two games this week. Both games are what is called FMV games. 
FMV means uh, full motion video, which means the games are entirely acted out by uh, real actors. It's all just really shot scenes. Yeah. So uh, though they're both the same, I guess genre is the wrong word. They're both F- they're both FMV games, but they're both they're very different from each other, and they're actually different developers. So I'll let Blake uh, go into the first game for this episode. Our first game we'll be talking about is called Late Shift. Developed by Control Movie. Mm-hmm. It's on the nose. Exactly. It originally came out uh, April eighth, twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and since then has been is now available on everything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot a lot of it's games. On Switch. It's on Switch, but it didn't come out to Switch till like twenty nineteen. Okay. But yeah, it's on. It's available on everything as of now. Cool. If you're listening to this, you can find it on just about everything. Game Boy. I'm sure people can edit it into fit. <laughs> now, Control Movie is uh, is eight people total. Is that including the actors? No, this is it's just the company. Okay. Um, it's eight people, and this is their first for foray, foray, foray into into video games. But the cool thing is they did uh, also develop. The technology that they used in the game, mm-hmm. movie, game. So, uh, the uh, writer, no, 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 director, co-writer, and founder of Control Movie is a gentleman named uh, Tobias Weber, mm-hmm. and he's kind of responsible for everything. And uh, a cool side note is they actually showed the film at several like film festivals, both. Film festivals, both, I guess, like nationally and internationally. There was like a New York one, the Cannes, and then like a French one, the Filme du Contorve or something. Yeah. I don't speak French, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But was it like a, a Canon version, or was it like there was a guy on stage well, the, making uh, the the co the, all of them, the director and the two co-writers were there and they were making decisions. So each time it was being watched, it was a different decision, and then they oh, would cool. explain that as they came out that you saw one version out of. The, out of how many? Interesting, yeah. So I know that that's been so done. Were they playing on a, a game console? Were they showing it through a game console? Well, I think they were projecting it, and yeah. then I guess maybe yeah. they recorded a pre-decision, and then they just had it ge- randomly generate an ending type I'm not thing. Sure. Well, because I know another movie off right off the top of my head that did something similar with the movie with multiple endings. It's not like it plays them all out, but uh, the movie Clue. Which is a movie I adore. Oh yeah, it rewinds and shows you the different well, stuff. Originally, now it shows you, you can choose to see all three endings. And even in theaters, it would show you all three endings. But when you originally saw in theaters, it would randomly pick... One of the three endings? One of the three endings were sent to the movie theater. So that movie theater really only had that one ending. And that's they didn't cool. know there were other endings. So that was kind of... Yeah, that's interesting. That's and cool. I, I love the Clue movie. It is yeah. hilarious. If you've never seen Clue, watch Clue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the movie. But anyway... Let me uh, step into it. Kind of the... It is, like we said earlier, it's an FMV yeah. video game. In this case, it's more of a 
we call it like a suspense crime thriller. Yeah. Or more just a crime thriller. Yeah, pretty much. The story focuses on a gentleman named Matt Thompson, who was played by a fella named Joe Sowerbutts. Excuse me? <laughs> Joe S O W E R. B U T T S. Sour butts. Either sower butts or sour butts. I would <sighs> assume so, because S O W is so. Yeah. Like you hopefully. reap what you sow. But that's, I mean, a poor guy definitely got teased. And I, and so, so or sour butts, it sounds bad either way, because you, you want to sow some butts. I mean, but that means. I mean, you can legally change your name. It can't be that difficult. Well, maybe there's a lot more. Uh, what are you talking about? Heritage to his name. Yeah, like heritage or pride and your name. You, I don't know. It's only 50 bucks in America. I can change my name like twice next week. Shoot. <laughs> um, so, he has, uh, he, he didn't have a whole lot of credits to his name. I was kind of looking into him. One kind of cool thing is, I think we talked about it on the podcast, or maybe we talked about it off podcast, but there's a short story. No, we did. Because uh, the second season of... Hill House or whatever is called The Haunting of Bly Manor mm-hmm. and that's based off a, a story called Turning of the Screw mm-hmm. and that has been remade hundreds of times yeah I think I mentioned it. I mentioned that pod, I don't know if I mentioned that podcast when we, when we did Haunting but we didn't well, know at the time well we didn't do Bly Manor because Bly Manor turns out is really bad but also turns out that uh, me and Jessica had seen a movie called The Turning which was a really bad movie so it's come, coming to find out it's just a really bad story yeah, it's called The Turning of the Screw. Yeah. And oddly enough, we this gentleman, uh, Joe, actually starred as the main kid. In one, in, in, one, in one of the movies? Back, back in 1999. That's cool. And another odd credit in his history is in 2001. In the is, sorry, is that, is, that, is that version of the movie literally called The Turning of the Screw? That they didn't... Turn the Screw. Turn the Screw, Okay. Because I think there's a mo- another movie called Turning of the Screw, or whatever it's called. Yeah. They've, they've made it so many times. Yeah, even yours is just called The Turning. The Turning, like, Trying yeah. to sound clever. Yeah. Like, let's not call it uh, Hansel and Gretel. Let's call it Gretel and Hansel. Ha, 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 because I'm so clever. Yeah. Uh, but his other odd credit was in 2001 in the PlayStation version of the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. He did the voice for Harry Potter. It's random. Yeah. Hmm. But other than that, he didn't have a whole lot of things that I recognize. There's a lot yeah. of British stuff, and I, yeah. I didn't. Know. Yeah, the whole cast is British. Yeah, They're probably a British. Probably a British. You can say it's probably a British company. Uh, most likely. Crap! I forgot to look that up. I mean, I don't know, but probably not a big deal. Yeah. Um. Now to the story. I don't want to talk about the story because the entire thing is the story. <laughs> exactly. But I'll give you kind of a brief. I, I'll give you like the first, the intro to it. Yeah. Is uh, Matt's a college student. On his way to, and as the screen goes, the screen, the movie goes through the opening credits. He's like, you know, walking from his apartment, getting onto a train, going to work, and you're getting a lot of inner monologue. Yeah, he does inner monologue quite a bit. He's a he's a little bit of a smarty pants, a little bit. Not not a know it all. He's really into uh, algor- algorithms and statistics. Yeah, percentages. So that and that kind of leads into what. Uh, what the game is about, algorithms, statistics, and choices. Like he's going on this monologue about the smallest choices matter, which is a little on the nose for the genre of you know a little adventure game where you make your own choices. It's a little on the nose, I think, but yeah. uh, but at least you got a guy who's actually who is seemingly playing a character who is seemingly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. 
And as he's, you know, riding to work, he works as a uh, a late shift parking attendant. <laughs> he just, you know, I think it's at a hospital. He just sets up shop. Yeah, because he does mention one of the guys as a doctor or something. Yeah. He, you know, he sets up shop. He's like, hey, see you later, Bill. And then he takes over his shift. And he just starts pulling out his books and study books. And he's like doing all that stuff and checking in people as they're coming into the park. You know, it's just kind of standard parking stuff. And then it kind of cues up to where he's being flirty with a, a young woman. And she's like, you know, flirting back. It's cute. It's like, oh, this might be a cute romance. And she gets your key and she well it's a choice of whether or not she gets her key it's all choice but eventually she may or may not get her key and walk off in a direction which then leaves her to screaming and you come running out and she's being held up at gunpoint Mm -hmm. and then that's kind of where all the game starts to explode from there is the gentleman holding the gun needs to take someone with him because he can't drive because he has a bullet wound and he's bleeding out yeah. of his arms. Do we arms. know how? He, I forget thinking back on it. Uh, do we know how he got hurt? Mm-mm. That's just a it's, an, it's a mystery. He just because he's hurt. So anyway, I know he's hurt and he ends up making making Matt. Was he Matt? Yeah, Matt. Matt. He doesn't he, make Matt. He kidnaps Matt. He basically he, kidnaps Matt at gunpoint. Steals one of the. Uh, vehicles, which I, I think he was there to steal a vehicle. To begin with. So, but, so we don't know how he got hurt, but he was there to steal a vehicle from this particular place, and they steal a a uh, really nice BMW, which I think is a BMW i8. It looks like an i8, which is an all-electric supercar. Yeah. Um, so at gunpoint, he takes Matt, and they, they make some drop and drive, and you could, you got a couple of choices there about uh, trying to run. Um We'll I'll do a few more bits of the story, and we'll talk about the gameplay. Because we're saying things now where we kind of should have mentioned how the game works. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm I'm cool not mentioning any more of the story. Well, I want to get to where you, I'll I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll, okay. You'll see where I'm going. Uh, so he kidnaps him and takes him off. The girl gets to run away. They lets the girl go, uh, and he sit, makes Matt drive off to this other. It's like an apartment building or like a it's yeah. like, a, like an apartment in London because they're in London, I think. Uh, and you go and he takes him inside there and that's where Matt will meet. Uh, Matt meets the rest of the crew who uh, are staging a robbery of a auction house. And um, because the guy who kidnaps Matt was supposed to be their driver and apparently his driving arm is all busted up, they in rapid succession basically recruit Matt to to go, to go with them, which they don't know because Matt ends up not really being a driver per se. But Matt gets kind of pulled into the whole the whole thing, like the whole like you gotta come help us, or basically we'll just shoot you. I guess yeah, if you, you help us, you die. Your help us or die, basically. And you got a bunch of different choices through conversations and stuff like that. But that's the setup. Is you're gonna be. See, I don't, I don't want to say more. Yeah. Matt gets pulled into this, and he has to be part of this kind of high stakes uh, robbery of an auction house. So it's pretty. It's a pretty neat and rapid setup for his, the change of what his, his normal boring late shift is supposed to be. Exactly. So we can talk about how, how the game kind of plays now. A lot of the time it's, uh, it tends to be a, this or that decision. It's like run or stay fight or don't. There's a couple of three, three points, but mostly it, it, it is, it is a this or that through the entirety 
of the game, there is a hundred and eighty choice points. Yeah. Starting from the beginning all the way to the end, there's a hundred and eighty different choice points. Some of them subtle, some a little more extreme. Mm-hmm. That results in you get the number. That, that results in one of seven different endings. Yes. And sometimes people die sometimes people live sometimes you don't even end up where you're going sometimes you're just on the road walking home alone no I, clue what just happened yeah I, I assume when we played it originally i think we had to watch all the endings for the achievement we, we got all the there's a guide for this we got, we got all the achievements for we this get the 1k for it yeah so i assume we watched all the endings originally i will mention here and I will I, I will link it in the show notes for both of these games. Uh, you can play these games sh- for sure. That's not that's not a big deal. But it's been a long time since me and Blake played these games. So we actually went on YouTube and found uh, uh, people playing through it with no commentary. So you're just kind of watching the kind of watching the movie play out. And we got one that's the the quote unquote best ending of the seven for this. And we me and Blake watched it throughout the week waiting for the podcast. So we kind of got a refresher. So we're not just guessing of what's been happening in the game. So we watched that one and we watched the, I won't say the name right now. We watched the second game throughout too, which it only has two endings. Yeah. But, um, so you can go on YouTube and I'll post the link. I'll, I'll attach the links to the show notes. You can actually just watch these things. And like we said, it, 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 without playing and having someone else make other decisions for you for the best ending, it's just like a, it's, it's a movie, a, a pretty decent 90 minute movie, 94 minute movie. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it was even, even an hour and a half. Maybe like an hour and fifteen, probably. Uh, I don't like the the, the quote unquote. We're, we're not going to talk about it too much, but I don't like the quote unquote best ending. It kind of just. I mean, it ties it, up it all kinda, the loose ends. It does. It kind of just peters out, though. I thought they get more about the journey of that night because the whole thing takes place in one night. So bonkers. Um, back to the choices. Blake says it's either a this or that choice. Yeah. You uh, will be familiar with that with basically any. In the, any of the Telltale games, The Walking Dead and Tales from the Borderlands and Game of Thrones, all those games they make. So I will give this uh, developer uh, a bit of, a bit of credit here because when you're playing a Telltale game, you a lot of the times you're watching the game trip over itself. Very often, it stutters and can't comprehend the the choices you're trying to make, or it's stuttering. It's like those choices don't make sense in the real world. We're like, well. Uh, no, it's just the engine. They're, 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 why Telltale is now dead is their crappy engine they didn't update was constantly tripping over itself. So this developer, he said he, said he developed his own technology, which is really what it's doing, I think, is when you make a choice, it's just taking, it's switching, it's cutting in the next part of the... Because there's no walking around in this game. Like It's, it's all a visual... Yeah, it's all people, people will debate: Is this really a game? That's a that's a that's a discussion. I, I, I don't want to get into. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a game, kind of not. But interactive what, what, movie, what's interactive movie, basically. But what you're essentially doing is when you make a choice, it's it's going to immediately cut into the next the next part of the of that decision. That clip's going to start, or next section of the of the movie is going to start. Um, I maybe saw one. Or two kind of like one hiccups. or two kind of hiccups, and I don't think it was so much stuttering as it was a maybe a weird cut, like a weird cut from like there was one. You remember? I don't. I don't spoil too much. They're in the tunnel, mm-hmm. and he and Matt's arguing with the character, and if you just agree, like he's mad, he's getting mad. But if you agree, his tone kind of his tone kind of just you watch the movie, yeah, his like, tone kind of okay. just. Yeah, he's like he's uh, 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 and then his tone just changes to like oh I guess okay. I was like ah. I also could have just been because they could have just had limited material. 
because they probably only had a short time to shoot everything. And well, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying for for cutting wise and editing, it was like a that was the big probably in the entire thing of one that jumps out of my head was the biggest tonal shift and yeah. what uh, they were saying. Now, it tends to flow pretty well throughout, even though because you can have conversation we have a conversation with multiple people. Again, a, another example would be. When we talked about Man of Medan, where it seems like that 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 was cutting and editing, like they people weren't even having the same conversation. Yeah, that is true. I do remember that. So was, I guess whatever technology the guy said, you know, the writer, director, technology yeah, creator, Tobias Weber. So he got this engine, whatever it is, to make these choices and run this stuff together. He probably did some of the editing too to make it run as smooth as possible because you don't want to see, especially in a movie setting with real people, real actors, you don't want to see you don't want to see a hard edit, a hard cut. Mm-mm. So. Aside from that part in the tunnel, and the, the tunnel part could change. Like we we just watched a particular version. We watched a particular version where he argues and then agrees. Yeah. Maybe if you just continue arguing for a bit, it'll yeah. it'll 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 just flow maybe better. I, I don't know, but I mean it was. Other than that though, his general conversation when other people are having conversations and your choices pop up and you got a, a little bit of a a time bar at the bottom of the screen, you make a choice. Even if he's, uh, what's cool about it is even if he's like thinking or doing something or sometimes in the timing of everything they've done, they feel that time with people moving or running or other stuff happening. Yeah, I, it is, like we said, it's an interactive movie. And the way it is, it's 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 all real-time decisions. You literally have a real, it's not like, oh, pause, maybe make a decision, bump, 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 bump. Yeah. You have to go because if you don't, um, similar to The Walking Dead's indecision, it's still a decision. The movie itself does not well, stop. There is no, there is no indecision choice in the movie. Yeah. It just picks wherever your cursor's at. Like, say yeah. you got your cursor sitting somewhere, and you're just watching, and you don't move the cursor. There's no silent option like there are in like Walking Dead. Like because they've only filmed, they filmed the choices as they are. So it's going to default on whichever one your cursor is sitting so on. So you, you do need to be paying attention to. I wonder what it would play like if, if you just didn't, if you just like play the game and didn't, because when, when we watched it, the guy was making choices. I wonder if you just let it play out with the cursor on the default setting. What it, what it, just let it, what play. uh, where it get, where it, what, what happens, how far you get, and. If any, who who dies? And I didn't think about that. That'd be kind of funny. We still own the game. This is a game we actually bought for yeah. however long ago. I mean, it's been more than like five or ten bucks on it. I'm sure. Yeah, that's not that's not the point. But anyway. Yeah. So overall, here you go again, wrapping it up. <laughs> I know. I see overall, that. you liked it quite a bit. We know. Uh, <laughs> why did I say that so much? I don't know. Um, that's so that's that's kind of um. What more could be said? That's kind of, that, that's the gameplay. There's no, that's the difference between this game and the next one. There's no. This one itself is more of an interactive. It's inter- just a movie, basically, yeah. where you uh, choose your own adventure. There's no um, exploring. Obviously, there's no collectibles. There's no there's collectibles. No... There's no puzzles. There's no really anything. Like, it just keeps chugging along. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be a non-stop, a non-stop party from, uh, from start that. to finish. Yeah, it's a crazy. One night, and I like the whole being in one night kind of thing. That's crazy. Yeah, the whole it's it's a it's a wild night. Lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff can happen. You know, in one night, you know. Oh yeah. Besides just playing video games and going to bed at a proper hour. <laughs> uh, I guess we normally uh, it's be dumb. We normally talk about the graphics of a of yeah. a video of a video game. It was uh, a very. Uh realistic art style very realistic like the people looked great 
Yeah, it's Very. all you know. So that's a bad joke. Um, I guess the we we don't usually talk about a, a, like the the UI which is user interface. Yeah, it really is just uh, words on the bottom with a like you're kind of like a, a white box choosing one or the other it's not very intrusive it's, it's at the very bo- subtle very it's at the subtle. bottom of the, yeah it's very bo- it's at the bottom of the screen uh, there's a little time bar which is a bar that starts big and just kind of shrinks down depending on how fast you need to make a choice so that's all it is what it is uh, that's just uh, the way it looks it's perfectly fine I, got, I always hate when games have buttons and stuff this isn't for different games when games have big old buttons to pop on the screen and they don't like it's like a pet peeve but they don't, they don't theme the buttons to like the color scheme maybe of the game or like the art style of a game. Like you'd be playing a game and a big old A button pops up and you're like Yeah, but it's like a it's like a night instead of like throwing up uh some like green saturated light or something and then like throwing the A in there, they're just like, Ooh, it's a black background and just just a simple A button. I was like there was no artistic direction. I I would rather things be a little more clever. Like a game we, we played was the uh, whatever happened to or whatever happens to Edith, Edith Finch? What happened to Edith? What remains of Edith? What Finch? remains of Edith Finch? And how they did the uh, some of the dialogue or some of the wording was you could interact with it like you would walk through it and it was the gate to the house and you had to walk through it and the words would like just cool. be a little clever. Don't just go here's an A button that looks like an A button. Yeah. Like yeah. give some, me some some, devel- some developers are better than other developers. What are you gonna do? And I've seen some games where they don't even do the letter. But they take the color, you know. Yeah. For the Xbox controller, A is green, B is red. And I think it was a old game. Now I remember Rise, Son of Rome. Yeah. The combat it highlighted the characters and the color you needed to hit. It was pretty cool. Exactly. Surprised nobody's used that again. Exactly. I just be off. a little clever. Yeah. Way <clears throat> off. I'm sorry. There's <clears throat> our uh, first rant uh, for the podcast. Oh, I guess we should. I mean, obviously, the whole thing is. Um, I guess you don't want to do the whole cast for spoilers, but I would say that uh, all the all the actors knocked it out of the park. They were yeah. all wonderful. Everybody seemed pretty legit. Oh, uh, did you catch it at the end? What's that? Um, in memory of. Oh, who 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 passed away? Uh, the character who played Mr. Wu. It was him. Oh, really? He 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 passed away. Yeah. He didn't seem that old, I guess, but I guess people just die. Yeah, the character. Yeah, I, I saw the memory of, but I didn't know who who it was. It was him. So it was the actual so, character who played Mr. Wu. So when you see Mr. Wu in the thing, you'll know that well. Maybe don't think about it, but he passed away apparently. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, everybody you know, like you see like uh even some these of the, people that know their um There was one moment that was very irksome. It was one they were going to a uh, to a, a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. All that and guy. the the maitre d or the, the host or whatever was like hamming up the Chinese accent. It was bad. But then they go to the back room and they speak to a couple other people who were like involved in the story and it sounded fine. They were just British uh, of people of Asian heritage. Yeah. The dude, um, the dude that Blake's talking about, you talk to him and he sounds like the... He, say, he sounds like... The, 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 the Chidi Walk guy from South Park. Like, it's just like, what? Like, why did they, why did they do this? It was bad. Like, it was kind of, I don't want to say racist, but the guy... And was he told to talk like that? Or unfortunately, does the guy speak English like that? I, I just, know. I really hope not. But like, I've had, you meet I've, other Asian characters, other Asian people in the thing, and nobody talks like that guy. So I, I did. I forgot about menu, that. Freeze. Yeah. And I was like, freeze. 
Yeah, he does the whole thing. He like really hams it up, and I was just like, I was like, was this supposed to be comedy or like, is this? Yeah, this isn't funny no more. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. But it was that was kind of the one kind of a blind side where like, ooh, I really hope that that's not how he actually talks. I'm gonna feel real bad if that's how he talks. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It sounded really ham-fisted. Yeah. So, but uh. Hey, man, man, that's how he yeah. talks. I don't know. But that's I, really like, would, yeah. I really would hate if the, the director guy was like, hey, man, could you really talk like a dum-dum? We need you to sound like the shitty walk guy from so, South yeah. Park. Can you do that for us? Yeah. Like some shitty walk. And we're saying city walk. Yeah, it's city walk. You know, you know the <laughs> South Park, the guy from South Park. Uh, I do have one uh, kind of uh, cool note about a future project. Oh, so they're, they're continuing? Okay. Yeah. Has it already been made, or they've been? They're, they're working on it, but due to people being busy and some other things going on, they haven't been able to get together. But they do have the idea of oh, what yeah? they want. Do you have a premise? Uh, yes. Their next project is it's going to be a haunted house movie. Oh yeah. That will be directed by a gentleman named Alex Aha. Alexander, I think he was. Yeah, name. Alexander Aha, Alex Aha. For those who don't know who Alex Aha is. Um, if you've ever seen the uh, Kiefer Sutherland movie and the Amy Smart movie Mirrors, he directed Mirrors. Which Mirrors he... is terrifying the first time you see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he also did the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Okay, cool, cool. He directed Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Horns. Oh, he directed Horns? He directed Horns. Oh, I love Horns. And then more recently... We, uh, talk, we talked about Horns the other day. He uh, directed Crawl. Yeah. Which is a really, actually a really cool uh, alligator movie. Like people, I don't know, I don't know how many people saw it, but uh, me and Jessica saw it in theaters, and Blake watched it later. It's a fun alligator movie. It's really good. There is a uh, there is a moment of incredible comedy in that movie. Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody. Yeah. The, the, movie, the, the movie's it's definitely a horror esque crocodiles killing people movie. It's a creature feature. Creature feature. But there is one of the out of out of the blue that movie blindsides you with a moment of perfect comedy and I laughed so you probably remember it yeah it's so <laughs> dang funny uh I mean I don't know it's just a, it's a it's a cool movie so the guy's done some cool stuff I love cool horn stuff. horns is incredible we need to talk about horns on the podcast well, it'll be a later date for sure uh but one other cool side note is uh Alex Aha will be directing it and there's a different writer but they had a. So he's working with the company. So he's is he making a movie and they're. He's gonna... making a movie and I think they approached him. Okay. I'm not entirely sure how it went down, but it, their next project is to work with him and do a haunted house movie. So I'm assuming they came to him, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe because he's a pretty cool dude. I've seen him in interviews. Maybe he's like, hey, I got this idea and I think, you know, and they be like, who wouldn't want to work with him, especially knowing his portfolio. Yeah, that's but awesome. The, the other cool thing is it's they're not writing it. But the idea for the movie actually came from a gentleman named Jeff Howard and Mike Flanagan. Oh, Mike Flanagan? And Jeff nice. Howard is one of the lead writers for Haunting a Hill House as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they had they must have had like some sort of uh, you know, business lunch. Powwow. Yeah, powwow. And they had Haunt, the, a haunted powwow. Apparently. And then they had a uh, you know, they came up with the idea. Aha was there. He agreed to it, and there's just an idea. And the writer's like, "I can make that work. Let me, you know, get to it." And then I'm guessing maybe Toby Weber, since he was higher up the food chain than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But that's their next project, and I couldn't find any other detail. I don't even have a name for it. It yeah. just did. Video games take forever to make anyway. Yeah. Well, not only that, you have to film everything, 
and make a video game out of everything. You got to film all the different choices that happens. I mean, imagine if you're making the choices of going through a haunted house. I mean, go left, go right, go upstairs, die as soon as you uh, walk in the door. It could be really, really fun. I think it'll be. That's all, that's all I know about it. I'm hoping that. What's the last update? What, what year, maybe? Uh, that was literally late. I think it was literally. Uh, I, I found a, a Twitter from Control Movies, and I kind of did a little bit of research. It was uh, late 2019, like okay. November, October 2019. Yeah, so they're working. They're working steady yeah, on it. So they got to very... because, like I said, it's just an idea. They have to yeah. actually work it. I wonder, cast if, it. I wonder if Alex Alexander Alex Haha would release the movie in a regular form, and then and then also have a have the interactive form as well. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, that's very cool. But I hope it comes out because I'm excited. Because, like I said, of all his movies that I've seen, I've enjoyed each of his movies for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you got anything else to say about that particular, about the late shift? I do not. Okay. So I think the, it's very cool. Uh, you could play You could play it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a game, sort of, if you want to be involved. If you want to see kind of how it, uh, how it just, if you just want to watch it, of course, I will post that link. You can just kind of see the whole thing play out. It's kind of, it'll make more sense of, uh, the things we, things we mentioned. We try to avoid, we see, we try to avoid the spoilers because when it's a movie, just like we try not to spoil our movies here, like the whole thing is, there's a whole plot, a whole thing that plays out. I mean, how does the, how does the, how does the, how does the robbery go in the auction house? What happens in the auction house? Now you got to watch it to find out, see how it plays out and how things go down. Uh, we kind of we didn't mention all the other characters, but I mean, just the reveal of more and more characters. You kind of want to be involved in that as you watch you it. No, just you know yeah. he is the main character. Yeah, you do play as Matt the entire time. Um, now we're going to move on to the second game for the podcast. This one is actually um, Blake will talk about the developer, and so this one's uh, still an FMV game, but it is vastly different from Late Shift. A different developer. A different way you play. This is not. You can't just sit. When we well, we watched a first. We we did watch a version of, of somebody playing this uh, later. But originally, originally we did play it with a guide because this one does have things like you. It does play more like a. Um, it is a video game. It's more of a video game. Yeah, than more like so you do move around and you well you don't physically with the stick move around but you click on things and the and the guy who's who's acting moves to places and stuff like that. We'll, we'll get into that while you go ahead and introduce the game. Our next game is called The Bunker. September 20th, 2016, and since then is now available on everything. It's on it, retroactively, everything comes out on the Switch eventually. Yeah, and Game Boy. Exactly. PSPs and Atari 2600s. <laughs> so uh, it's developed by Splendy Games. Uh, it's their first console game, second game overall. Mm -hmm. uh, as we said earlier, it is a, an FMV. Uh, their first game is called The Hunting, and it is for mobile only, iOS, Android, and it's game an F. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Game Boy SP. Uh, it's a it was a FMV zombie game where you like hold your phone up and you would look around and you would be attacked by zombies out in the wilderness and stuff would come. It's like, is that is it, is it a mix of FMV and AR? Like, I think so. Like the zombies were actors. It, it was all it was FMV, so everything so, was real. So that was actors. So you're kind of holding up, in your, but you're getting the augmented reality, but that's actors running at your. Screen. I believe that's what it that's what it made it sound like. I I didn't look for gameplay or anything, but that's what it sounded like when I read the description. Hmm, sounds cool. And they really liked that idea, and they're like, let's make the idea bigger. Bigger. And that is where we landed on. The bunker. Now, I didn't, I couldn't find a whole, whole lot about the company, because unfortunately, the company is defunct. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's sad. But not because of, like, any outrageous bad claims, or like, ooh, you know, some... It was... What happened was, there were a small-time company, and... They, I don't want to make it sound bad, because the dude seems like a genuinely nice guy. A gentleman named Jordan Sparks. He's the founder, whatever. And uh, they kind of, they they started believing their own hype. They started drinking their own Kool-Aid. Because mm-hmm. all these reviews were coming out, and it was like, oh my, y'all are such a great game. So good. You're all so, I can't wait to see what happens next. And they're like, yeah. I think in their first... What a year! I think it was fifteen or eighteen months, somewhere in there. They managed to sell over a hundred thousand copies of the bunker, which is huge for an independent company. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's not a million. It's not Call of Duty neither. So blow it. But unfortunately, what happened is, as they were sipping their own Kool Aid, believing their own hype, every single one of their investors, uh, who were like they they probably oh we support you, we'll invest money. All their investors started just leaving because apparently, I don't know, I should have did a little more research about what games came out that year. Maybe some big, big game came out that year. I'm not entirely I know, sure. Probably, are you trying to compare it to other games that came out that year? Maybe, maybe who knows? You, you do the research. Maybe there were some big Telltale games at the time. Who knows? Other adventure games. But eventually, every, all, every single one of their investors just pulled out. Uh, not all together, but they all started pulling out one at a time and left them in a downward spiral. To the point, I think their last really big investor uh, was the, tell, oddly enough, Telltale Games. Oh, well. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we'll, we'll support you. You guys, are, you guys are doing good work. We look forward to you. And then before the year was up, Telltale, was going they bankrupt. Had, Telltale had to pull out because they were going bankrupt. Yeah. And so I just I felt I feel really bad, yeah. Because like it, it affected the Jordan Sparks guy really bad. I think he ended up like checking himself in somewhere. Oh really? Because it messed him up. Like he he's fine now, but he had to take some time off and recover from well, mental health reasons. De stress the whole situation. Yeah. Well, the roller coaster of going wee and then oh straight wee, down. It, no, you know it, it just... affected him severely. Like I, I read a, an interview that was like years later. He talked about how it affected his mental health severely. He had to. He, well, I don't know if he actually checked in somewhere. He said he had to check out from everyone for a while. So I'm assuming yeah. he, maybe he went and did something he just didn't want to talk about, it, which is fine. You know, do you, as long as he got better, like you know, mental health is really important. People need to take care of themselves. But that was I just thought that was really sad and crazy because the game itself is actually really good. It's cool, very cool. Uh, I keep talking about that. I have one little thing about the team. It says before they were Splendy Games, 
It says that each of their members had worked in other areas. Mm-hmm. It says some of their members actually worked on the original Witcher. Oh, really? This is this a Polish company then? Um, if you wouldn't know that, would you? It didn't say because I couldn't find anything out other yeah. than they're gone. They also worked on something called Broken Sword. Yeah, we don't know it very well. Broken Sword is a very, it's a long, kind of a long-running, kind of famous adventure okay. series. And they also worked on Soma. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, they, they, so they're familiar. You still haven't played Soma. I'm, I'm getting towards it. So at least like they're familiar with like uh, horror-style elements, especially considering their first game, The Hunting. Mm-hmm. As we said earlier, this is an FMV, but it's also like an adventure horror point-and-click. Yeah. Because there's real suspense, real horror. Mm-hmm. It's and, tense. And this is more of a game. Yeah. Than the previous uh, one we spoke about. Yeah. Are you going to go? Because you, you do play as one guy. You again. do play as one gentleman. Uh, there are no last names as far as I could tell. His name's just John. Mm-hmm. And what happens, I, I think it takes place in a uh, an AU, an alternate reality, alternate universe. They're in Britain. And I'll assume Essex, I think. Yeah. You don't really know that, that. Does it say? I don't remember if it says. Well, the, if you go around reading some of the collectibles, there's like Essex and Bedfordshire and stuff like that. So I'm, I think it's somewhere. It's it's definitely in Britain. Uh, I'm I'm going with Essex because that's the name I saw a bunch. Okay. So at right. least they're close to it. And it is 1987, 85, 84. It's not. It's mid 1980s, and uh, they're being. Uh, the threat of war in the 80s, and uh, someone drops nuclear bombs over Britain. Mm-hmm. And the game literally starts, like your your first interactivity with the game is to make your character, John, who is just born yeah. while all these bombs are He's dropping. Been, yeah, you're in the room and the doctors are trying to deliver a baby in the bunker while the bombs were dropping. And your first interactive player action is to make your baby breathe by pressing A in like a rhythmic pattern, like A, A. Or I don't think it's A, it's just the action button. Well, I played a. it on Xbox, so it was probably A. You have to make your baby breathe. He starts crying. Yeah. And then he starts crying, and then you're like, oh, the bunker, the credits roll up, and then it kind of does some cool stuff. Like, So it's, it's again, it's, it's filmed very well. All the actors knock it out of the park. I didn't... I didn't look up anybody but the main guy, since everyone else t- only has, you know... Like, they have huge parts There's in the story. There's a lot of scenes, yeah. But, like, a lot of the characters were, are, like, they're a huge one scene, and then you don't see them again the rest of the time. It's mostly between him, him and his mom, and that, and that, the, that uh, general guy. The general. Yeah. Briggs. Biggs. Wedge. Wedge. Anyway, you play as John, and what happens is you start by taking a breath... Yeah. And that's how the gaming goes through the trailers. And then you jump 30 years yeah. to where John is a full-grown man. Mm-hmm. And... Been living in the bunker for 30 he's years. He's been living in a bunker, and he is sitting next to his mother, and she is dying of something. I, was, I guess old age? Yeah, maybe cancer. Maybe who radiation, knows? poison. Who knows? It doesn't, I, don't, I don't think it even says... It didn't even say. Just, she starts coughing and coughing up blood. And he's like, she's like, oh, read to me. And so, like, one of your first big decisions is there are three books on the table. There is the Bible, 
the Treasure Island, and a comic book. Really? It's a comic book? I think it's a comic book. It's an, not a big deal. And your first choice is, do you read your mama entry from the Bible? Do you read a chapter of Treasure Island? And then whichever read, then it fades to black. And she's like, what did I tell you, John? If you, if you stay on the routine, you'll be safe. And then she, you know, she goes to sleep. And then so from like the first, it's a little slow and drug out, but it also kind of like pulls you into the game a little bit. Yeah, doing the routine. You literally, like your first three days, I think, four days, it's a couple of, it's a couple of days in a row, is you have to go down his checklist. Where he has to take vitamins, he has to like do a little health check, check on the radiation outside. He has to, not outside, but like check on the interior radiation, make sure it's acceptable levels and... Mm eat and you know read to mother yeah and it just kind of and all this stuff is all filmed it's and you see him go through the motions he's like oh i gotta take my my vitamins so you it is oddly shot at times you can see well he'll open up a cabinet instead of walking straight up to it he walks to it at an angle and swings it open so that the camera behind him can see the full content of the medicine cabinet or something so some of those are little it's neat i mean it's interesting watching it play out because he's He's literally acting like a, a video game character. Sometimes it don't it don't seem I don't think it's too off putting. Majority of the time, like he he walks around like a normal normal person and he opens things and closes things and, but there is a bit of a. He like said some some weird angles sometimes, or maybe the way the way he stands, or maybe like he opens something like 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 say you, you won't you won't oh, you won't you would open something that way. Because yeah. He kind of overacts maybe the way the opening. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still enjoyable. Yeah, it's neat. And we said, like, this is more of a video game. Yeah, so you're clicking on things. Like, you have to open the uh, open the medicine cabinet. You click on the medicine cabinet. Like, the act, you know, the act, there's a scene. He reaches, opens the cabinet. You kind of look around. If you click on, like, you're kind of, it, the game's kind of hand-holdy. Like, if you click something, you're not ready to, like, you got to do, sometimes you got to do things in a certain order. And he'll and he'll say, like, oh, it's not time for that yet. Or I need to do this first. You know, he kind of kind of pushes you where you need to go. Yeah. I said I said earlier it's puzzles, but he's kind of more or less kind of pushing you in the right direction a lot of the time. So you kind of you click on the pills and he'll he'll take a pill and then he'll do this weird. I didn't understand the looking through the. It's a radiation thing. I don't know how he. I don't know what it's supposed to do. It like measures something. Yeah, I didn't understand the little. It was a dosimeter. D o s s i. Yeah. Dulcimeter. Yeah. I, I don't know how looking through that little lens told you how much radiation there Maybe was. Maybe how you could focus your eye. I don't know. Yeah, there's some science to it. Or some science they thought worked. Who knows? Back in the 80s, yeah. yeah. Who knows if it... And then you go from there, and then you do the... Um, you eat. He goes, food. I think it's food, right? Yeah. I don't... Th- this is a comic part, and you see this a couple of times, and it made me laugh every time. I didn't understand it. But you get to choose what he eats. There's, like, do beans... You- Peaches and something else. I thought it was just beans. Mm-mm. Because I remember in, in, in one of the achievements is uh, choosing dessert for dinner. Mm-hmm. And you got to pick a, the can of peaches, but be, there's way less peaches than there are beans. And mm-hmm. so I... But it's just a, just a simple standard can of beans. But whenever he would eat, for some reason, I guess it immediately went through him, is you don't see anything, but he's definitely dropped trowel sitting on a toilet bowl eating this can of beans. Mm-hmm. And you're just like... Really, I guess you're just you know knocking two birds with one stone. Eat, let it go through you, and then get about your day. Yeah, it was strange. Go yeah. read to mother. Yeah, it was just you know strange. It's like every time you chose to eat, he had to drop trowel. I don't know, but regardless, 
And then you go through your first couple of days, and eventually, basically, it's eventually something. There's a, a, an alarm goes off. Uh, I think it's something simple like uh, the air filter needs to be. No, the first the first thing is the a fuse. Oh, a, a, blown, a fuse. blown fuse. A blown fuse. Yeah. And then yeah. you start going. It does do a cool thing. Where it does do a cool thing where, as you're progressing through the level, it subtly tells you. Like a chapter skip, or a chapter point, because mm-hmm. there are four levels in the entire uh, bunker, and it's levels just you know one through four. And as you progress through, like, the screen will just fade to black, and then big white letters, level one, level two. As you hit certain points in the story, so it's kind of like you are for the first time going down to level two, but you're also technically on chapter two of the story, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of cool little. Again, they were clever with their words. Yeah. And titles and stuff. Level two, level three, yeah. So, and as you as you go deeper, progressively as you go deeper, in each day that actually, a lot I, of this seems like it happens in one day. Yeah, after like the first four or five days you're there, then it just kind of one triggers right after the, and it just goes and it starts yeah. building up as a, a whole bunch of stuff because as you find out in these thirty years he's been there. And when his his mother, um, spoiler alert, his mom dies really, really early, in like day number one or two. And you find out he is completely by himself in this bunker. Yeah, everybody's dead. But you find out at the start, when he's born, it says uh, bunker population 58, and then he's born and it ticks up to 59. Yeah. And then when it comes to his mom dying, it, it goes population two to one. Yeah. So he's literally the only person left in this entire Very sad. bunker that's supposed to keep you alive. Yeah. And then all while all this is going on, there is... Spoil too much, because it's a really good... It's actually a really well, good story. It's very cool. Um, what we'll, we'll say is you're kind of... Uh, of course, nothing ever works perfectly... So, so there's an there's an alarm and you and he goes to find out that a, a, a there's a fuse blown in one of the power power situations and that's as simple as changing a fuse. But as you're walking through places, I like kind of how it does it. As it walks through places, he walks into rooms he hasn't really been in in a long time because his mom got him to like stay here and don't go nowhere else. Yeah. But stay in your room and you'll you'll what's he say? Stick to the routine. Stick to your routine and you'll stay safe. Yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't leave his room or that general area too much, but as you start going to go find to solve this initial problem with the fuse, you're going back through old areas and you actually see there's other computers you can click on things and see emails and stuff that's been had, had been happening back when the bunker was active. There's a, a tape. There's a couple like three or four tape players when you play a tape and somebody recorded their thoughts of the time and how 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 much bad shape they're in or how what they think of how the the hierarchy of the bunkers going. But you do get the more important stuff that really builds the whole story is you'll walk into a room and something will kind of trigger a memory. In a, like a sense memory. Like yeah, a yeah, sense memory in John's head. And you'll have a white flash, and it cuts back to – this is where the scenes where you have all the other actors. There's other other members of the bunker. There's a general guy who kind of runs it. He has a right-hand – Overseer, basically. Overseer, basically, from Fallout. And he has a right-hand man who kind of keep, keep, gives him all the numbers of supplies and, and who's sick. There's a, and there's a doctor – Who's worried about um, 
radiation poisoning and other other general sicknesses that can happen because you're in a bunker like if something if there's an outbreak of something or anything like that it, it it's rapid yes um and that's where a lot of the world building comes from where you're like yeah and a lot of the suspense really comes well it comes from both really because yeah. being completely isolated what i don't buried underground yeah what i don't remember Maybe I missed it. Is a lot of these scenes are when it cuts to the flashbacks. You, there's a younger actor. I don't know if you got him. A younger I actor. I didn't get the name of the younger. There's kid. a younger, like a what, twelve or thirteen, maybe. Yeah. Year early old, teens. Early, early teens of uh, John when he was younger. He would he would explore the hall, of the bunker, and stuff yeah. like that. And he ends up a lot of these scenes. He's like hiding on some stairs or hiding. One time he's hiding under a table where he's not supposed to be in the room, and he's hearing conversations with these higher ups he's not supposed to hear. So you start hearing how bad things are in the bunker, which is supposedly leading you to what happened, what happens in the bunker, what happened, why, why, why everybody's dead. What I don't remember is his mom's privy to a lot of these conversations. What was her position in the bunker? She was, I believe she was second medical officer. So she was, a, so she, okay, she does work at, there's some scenes of her in the doctor's office, maybe. She was, uh, like, second. She's dressed kind of fancy, like, compared to everybody else. I, I, I didn't really know her, her exact position. Well, I think she had a position, I think she was, like, a dual thing. Because, yeah. because she would be in the doctor's office helping the doctor, and then when she wasn't, she had a, a dress uniform. Yeah. So she may have. I'm not entirely. I don't know much some, about. Maybe she was some form of military. Maybe she could have been a she's, liaison. She's, out, she's outspoken and she's really active in what's been what's what's going on. And so. people listen to her. She's got some sort of authority. Yeah, some sort of authority. That's for sure. So there's a lot of scenes of. She's a fantastic actress too. She, she was, was great. Really I like I like the mom actress. I don't know if it was the same lady who played her in the. In the older version, the, the they just do some makeup on her. Maybe it was old versions. So the flashbacks as a younger woman. Uh, she's great. Um, Everybody else. So it's basically the gen- the gist of the flashbacks, which leads to uh, larger things happening. The gist of those is basically things aren't ver- aren't really going well, and the of course the the lead the overseer guy wants to keep it quiet, and the doctor is like, we can't keep it quiet forever, and the chicks and the, the mom's like, maybe we should tell people, you know, things aren't going well, and the guy's like, it's that whole thing where we shouldn't say anything because. Um, people, uh, everybody will panic and yeah. we'll start fighting over food and stuff like that. People are stupid and people panic. Yeah, so there's a lot of that going on, which is a storyline you've probably heard before. But believe us, it's all it's all going somewhere uh, very interesting. I feel like in the the end parts of the game where oh, it yeah. ends up going to is just very very cool. So, but it's so a lot of this is you're just kind of trying to trying to survive. Like you go do the fuses. I don't, I don't say it's a spoil. So you do the fuses, and he goes back, uh, gets the power back on. Hooray, everything's good. He goes back to the computer, and then there's an air filtration problem. So then you got to go down further down to level three, level four, oh, yeah. and you got to go down. And you're kind of the whole time you're touching things and exploring and act, you know, just activating more memories. It's all about that's where all the story is of him building up, and you're kind of getting to see the rest of the bunker. It's pretty cool. And you're getting down to where you change. You got to go change one of the one of the the air filters because yeah. uh, it's getting the radiation so bad. Um, it's like fr- fries the filters, I guess. Yeah. So it gets to that uh, where you change the filter and stuff like that. And that's what he's doing. Isn't I don't think is so much. That's the drama of what him, him trying to survive at those points. But I think it's more of a way just getting getting to cool, get to see the bunker. And then like what's important is 
the the flashbacks of why why he's alone and stuff like that and you get more and more i can't spoil that because there's a really there's really there's really a great some great moments near the end of the game which i think uh i did not see coming uh which was really 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 cool uh, of how things play out in the end um it one kind of an exact the exact number of days that this dude is He's he's been in the bunker to date, is eleven thousand one hundred and eleven days. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess they just picked the one, the five ones, but that's how long he's been in that bunker. Imagine that. Yeah, that's bonkers. Especially for a large portion of that, when you're an adult, of being in the same couple, same two or three rooms. And then yeah, most of that is uh, watched and seeing everybody, everybody die. I mean, yeah, one by one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does come to in the end there's two endings uh there's i don't remember which uh, one i did i think we might have to do both you you, you replay the ending part and there, you're, the, the, the big final thing obviously i mean you're in a bunker one of the final choices is leave the bunker or stay in the bunker and those dictate your two endings it's not like a late shift where there's a bunch of choices you make throughout that shape the story like there's a set story in the bunker that just plays out, and your final choice is you seeing one of the two endings. And they at least do a... I, I want to applaud the company on their cleverness and uh, forethought. Because as you're walking around, you're not just constantly, like, over his shoulder, but it does do some, like, first-person points of view, over-the-shoulder third-person. It does some really cool ones where your only viewing is uh, locked camera, as the security camera security footage. Cameras, and yeah. they, they do some really, really cool... Unique camera angles for navigating through, mm-hmm. but that could also cause some issues because sometimes he's you're looking through the security camera, and the door you need to go to is actually the door behind the player character behind John. So kind of you'll see uh, you kind of you kind of wave your kind of you kind of waving your cursor around hoping something pops up sometimes. Yeah, and being live at live action like that, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, can I interact now? Like, like, like he'll stop walking. Sometimes he'll stop walking, and he's just like panting or he's scared and he's he's about to start walking in on his own but or sometimes he stops and you're like do i do, 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 I do something now you kind of wave your you kind of wave your cursor around trying to find something to interact with because the the idle loops of him like standing there while you're searching through the room is he, he goes through it's about 10 or 15 seconds of him breathing and scratching his nose and putting around, his hand yeah. in his pocket it's like they do a pretty good like extended loop to where it looks like Something natural someone would do. Someone's just kind of sitting there breathing, and they like look down at their hands. They look around the room. Like they did, yeah. they were really clever with, with his acting. Yeah, he does a great job. And uh, I just lost the thought. The camera angles, the flashbacks, first person, third person, security cameras. Okay. There, uh, I want to also applaud their uh, sound engineering, their sound design, because mm-hmm. there's a couple of really cool, like intense, anxious moments where uh, he's uh, freaking out or he's getting scared. Because you got to think, this dude, he's got, he's got some, he gets a lot, a lot of anxiety. That's for sure. The fear has been beat, kind of beat into him. And so not beat, not beat. His mom doesn't beat him. Like the, I mean, beat as in her, his mom's really re- reiterated the danger of yeah. his situation. Like two moments stand out. Is 
at the very beginning, the first time you actually have to open the door to the stairwell to go down from level one to level two, is like, because it 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 because you're seeing a lot of some like I said, first person point of view. You actually see where like the tunnel vision starts. Like it starts to black out in the eyes, and you have to like hit the action button. Mm-hmm. And he's breathing, and then the heartbeat's going, and the heartbeat starts going, and it starts being so fast and so loud that it's the only thing that you hear. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it, it's not near Can't as fuss, bad. Fusses the screen up. It's not near as bad or jarring as playing um, Get Even, where some of that stuff was like the synth music all bled together, yeah. and it was so jarring I had to pause and take my headphones off because it was just getting intense. That's just, it, that, Get Even. Now we, it's been a long time we talked about Get, Get Even. That was some sound design. Yeah, but this is still really good because like the, that that first time you have to open that door. It really and it happens a few more times, but that first time was and just he's, really he's like ner- oh, he's man. nervous. Yeah, he just can't. And then there's a part later. Imagine how eerie an empty empty bunker is. Exactly, a four story underground bunker. Mm-hmm. And there's another point where he has to uh, climb down a ladder. And he's climbing down the ladder, and his hand slips and like, because it's fine. He's just kind of like playing some like soft music. He's climbing down this ladder, then his hand slips. And he almost falls, and then the the screen kind of fade, slowly fades into red, and you hear the heartbeat. And then for the rest of that scene, even when he finally catch, catches himself, the prominent sound is the heartbeat just beating, and you hear nothing else. Yeah, and, and there's, that was just really good, really good sound and, design. And the uh, don't forget the uh, when you're going down to the uh, air filter place, there's radiation. So he's wearing a suit, and you're getting the the. the and the uh, the occasional uh, the, Geiger counter. And the Ge- Ge- Geiger stuff is is very very scary. I wish this game would have came out after after Chernobyl aired on HBO. Yeah, it probably would have knocked it out of the park. Yeah, if anyone was never seen Chernobyl. Yeah, ironically, is the show we should have talked about on this podcast, but we're not going I'm to. Not be- on a show this year. Yeah, but anyway, uh, if you've seen Chernobyl, like you get you kind of get the uh, the fear of. Uh, what uh, a Geiger counter and what that means to people, so and you get that same the same sound in the bunker, of and course. Just that fear, yeah, the fear of radiation, what it what it does to you. I'm not even sure if if John even entirely knows, or if you if he's seen cases of it, or if he just it just his mom and everybody else have just really talked about the fear. One thing I didn't talk about much was the actual actor who plays John. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> He uh, is an actor named Adam Brown, mm-hmm. and two two big things. I say big because it's because they were American. I don't know much about the British side that's, of stuff. That's so, that's so American. I know I'm a horrible person, but these are actually these are the big things he did because they're in America. Well, one of them was uh, he's in the fifth Pirates movie, okay. Dead, Dead Man Tells No Tales, and I'd say Pirates is a big thing worldwide. Okay, and the other thing is he plays the dwarf, Ori. O-R-I, Ori, in all three of the Hobbit movies. Hmm. We ain't what? We ain't seen them. So. Yeah, so, he, he, so he's got he's notable, but he, I, I, those are the only two things I've recognized the names of, and I didn't recognize anything yeah. else. I know we keep saying it, but he did a, a he's majority, the the adult, the adult him actor is by himself the entire time. Oh, yeah. He has no scenes with other, that didn't really spoil because we told you everybody's dead. He has no scenes with anybody else. And he's, so, he digs down deep for some of this fear, like, uh, some snotting and some crying and some spittle. Like he yeah, digs he down did. deep for something. Yeah. Cause like 
you really feel it. Like I was, I could, I could feel myself. I could just feel the sadness when I was, I'm just, just watching it. Like I, it might, I mean, I just really enjoyed watching. I had my headphones in. He's really, I'm, I'm just like, you feel, you feel real, real bad for this guy. And I want to briefly talk about people talk about acting and actors not having it rough, but like he had to dig down deep for some of those emotions mm-hmm. or, in, you know, in situations like that where you have to convince your brain that something is going on and your brain then tells your body. So for you, it is real. Yeah. Digging down some of these emotions and like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he could, he could shrug it off and maybe that stuck with him for a couple of days going, I got to go take a, I got to go relax. I got to go down to the pub, get a pint and have some chips. Talk to some people. Yeah. Like <laughs> it really affects you. Interact with some people. Like talking about, completely different subject and movie title but talking about people uh, isolation and stuff I remember uh, oh my god I can't remember his name but the dude who played Punisher who it, uh, oh, if you didn't point it out if you didn't point out you couldn't remember I would, I'd be able to be blanking too oh my god Walking Dead the Punisher yeah played Sean he talked about his feeling of like, he's a married man with children yeah and he went out of his way to be like, hey, um, we're about to start filming. I'm going to spend the next two months living by myself in a hotel. Yeah, because the Punisher was, uh, his family was killed. So he wanted, yeah. he wanted to so have he wanted that. to cut him. So like, to the point, like, he told his wife, um, unless it's important, like, you know, life or death, I won't be messaging you that much because I got to get into character. And he cut himself off of his family and his friends and made himself isolated and started growing his man beard and everything. Yeah. A little method, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, but it helped. I say it paid off because I don't know if we watched season two, but season one of The Punisher was pretty awesome. We wanted to watch season two, but then everything got canceled. But now they're talking about bringing all that stuff back. But that's a subject for another time. Yeah. But I just wanted to talk about like these actors, these actors have to dig down deep, and that stuff sticks with them for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. And he did, he does a really good job. Yeah, this actor. Yeah. Uh yeah the uh Adam Brown yeah the other thing. This is. Do you have any anything else? I couldn't really think of. Well, do you do you want to mention that the they actually filmed actually in a bunker? Yeah, yeah. I do want to talk about that. The entire the entire movie slash video game the FMV is filmed at the Kelvadon Hatch secret nuclear bunker in Essex. Essex. Those are Essex. That's probably why I could could think of it. And they actually filmed legitimately everything inside that bunker, yeah. with, but everything in that bunker was also filmed in only 15 days. Yeah. They filmed everything they they could in 15 days, and then it took them, I think, 13 or 14 months to edit in all the video game stuff and do the yeah, looping yeah. of the idle animations. Yeah, all the all the work, all the gamey stuff. Yes. Uh huh. I don't really have a whole lot more because yeah. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to because the the, the end stuff. result of the game is fantastic and there's yeah. cool camera tricks and stuff that I want I would like to talk about but that would also spoil parts the scene, of the story. The scenes they're in, yeah, lots of cool stuff here. This is definitely the it's the better it's the better of the two. Only maybe technically like late late shift is cool in its own right, but if you want to be more involved and do things, it's probably lean towards the bunker. I enjoyed the bunker's story better. Because Bunker is a, Late Shift is, is a heist movie, basically, yeah. uh, more or less. Uh, the Bunker, 
though you've seen the style before, like the story it tells is, is a, uh, to me, it's a, a one of a kind. I've never seen anybody uh, tell a story quite like the way this one turns up. And even to the point that the bunker is more of a video game. It's got the, you know, you don't get to walk around, walk around, but it's got exploration. Yeah, it's got you can click in different corners and view memos and view on the computer screen, view people's personal diaries on computers. Mm-hmm. There, it even has a very small number, albeit we, they're still pointless, but there are nine collectibles, these little dolls, these little wooden figures yeah. that the character Well, the he, carved. He, he, he uh, carved out of these blocks of wood. He, he t- apparently took from the, they had a war room where there were like, there are these blocks, I guess, that represented armies, I guess. When I was a kid, John would, uh, Still the blank blocks. He was still the blocks. He, he said nip. He's like, he's, he used to nip these for my toys. And he had these little so, blocks that are uh, scattered of uh, soldiers. Or not so people. He's carved people. Toy, yeah. They all got named. When you find one, it's like uh, it's like the doctor. The, the doctor. He, he he tries to help people. And there's there's nine of them. You get all nine for an achievement, of course. Yeah. But admittedly, they do. I say they're not useless, but they do a little bit of world building. Because when you get each one, because you got to think, he also has... Aren't they usually in a room where you like you maybe maybe have just watched one of those flashbacks usually? Yeah, they're they're hidden like off in the corners and stuff, but they're usually named after somebody, somebody who's in the game. There is the doctor who was the doctor of the thing, just called the doctor, and then his mother, and then the general, and he would give a brief description, which is his inner thoughts about. Mm-hmm. The toy, but that toy also represents the person yeah. in real yeah, life. Like a, a second or two, he just, he just says something about yeah. each one when you pick it up. Yeah, and it's just kind of a, you know some just little memory things. Mm-hmm. Just world building. It does a good job of world building. Yeah, there's a lot of world building in it. Like you get sure. you get a gist of what's happening and like the um, like when it comes like I said when it when it comes to the the uh, the final choice of whether the leave or leave or stay. That's entirely up to you. There's two endings. I don't I don't know the. Uh, I don't know the state because I watch I, the video I watched is the leave ending, so it's both. What? Yeah, because w- where you end the yeah. game, it's it stops at like thirty eight. It's an hour and oh, so I didn't watch the if other you, one. If you watch the next t- ten minutes, he redoes oh, everything, that, and you get to pick the other. He shows. So you well, I sat there for a minute while the credits roll. So after the credits, he does the other ending. You fast forward oh. through the credits, yeah, because I was well, wondering dang. why there was another fifteen minutes. Yeah, I did too, but I was like, eh, maybe it's just a lot of credits. No, because. I want to talk about, again, the cleverness and forethought of the, the game company is when you beat the game and make your decision, mm-hmm. if you hit continue, it takes you back about 10 or 15 minutes beforehand, and you you, you do have to replay through those 10, 15 minutes, but you do get to make the the, the other, other decision, Very and cool. it shows Very both. Thing. I, wish I, I wish I'd watched it, because I only have the Because I was just curious it. about why. Yeah, why so he knows, so you do have like the... I say context clues. So you can't see of, both endings. Yeah, but you do have the context clues. Like you know, it's been thirty years. He's been in the bunker for thirty years. So in the flashbacks, and as a flashback at some point, you'll see them uh, kind of breaking the news to people that the radiation's worse than we thought. Blah blah blah. And they're like, "When can we leave?" And the and the, the one scientist guy was like, "20 to 30 years before you can if go." If not more. If not more, if you can go outside for it's safe. So that kind of if you're paying attention, which I kind of that's not really a spoiler, but if you kind of if it's been thirty years, you. Know, Maybe he and he has that flashback. He was there. He remembers. Maybe he thinks it's maybe it's, it's okay. safe. Maybe and the reason why he's the reason why we'll, we'll leave, it, leave it. The reason why he's trying to figure out if he should leave, or there's reasons why he should figure out. He's trying to find out maybe I should leave or something like that. Or maybe I should stay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should stay. Maybe you should leave. It's a pretty intense little last little 
almost couple, like couple a, uh, there. a Schrodinger's cat situation. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of her data of whether he leaves the bunker or not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. I, I know. Think. That was very, that's the like opposite. I'm sorry. About Schrodinger. <laughs> Schrodinger's John. Mm-hmm. Johnson. Don't. <laughs> Uh, I think that's pretty much covers that game. We uh, th- both this and late shift are both games we've uh, we've bought. Uh, the reason we decided really to do these two things is because there's apparently there's a lot of these coming out. Uh, we we might cover more. And we're not sure if it's the same. Well, the one company, Bunkers Company, is unfortunately gone, but maybe they've moved on to other companies. There's a couple of uh, more of these FMV uh, games coming out. I know of. Um, I think the. PlayStation Plus recently got one called Erica, which I haven't played yet. It was on PlayStation Plus. You might you might have missed that. I maybe we did. Who knows? Uh, Erica, there's uh, one that is uh, the shape shifting detective. Yeah, and the infectious Doctor Decker. Infectious madness of Doctor Decker. So there's at least a couple more of these, and I saw um um TA post when when games are when, when they find out the, the achievements for games. I think I saw on TA was posting there's another one you could tell by looking at it when the picture is of a live action person's face yeah i think there's another one and you guys you see a lot of uh, we didn't mention it we, we don't usually mention publishers but the company wales interactive seems to be involved in a bunch of these like they're publishing all these fmv games so they're, they're both kind of, of these were published by wales but wales interactive. i think wales. i think i think they're attached to some of these other ones too yeah. So for a while we thought Wales was the developer, but it comes to find it's different developers making different games, and Wales just I guess they're just like we'll do all the FMV games. Yeah. Um, but so we thought it was because I, I noticed I noticed there was a couple of these uh, coming out, and I was like, well, dang, we need to do we need to do these two because we played these games kind of a long time ago, and I was yeah. like, I wonder if we can watch them on YouTube, and it's pretty cool. You can. So there might be more of these coming up because uh, they all seem very different. One of them. I think the 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 shapeshifting detective looks like it's just like people sitting in a room talking to people. Like you're just like sitting across from, across from a table, just talking to people. Talking so, to the detective, I believe, and you're or you are the, the well, I think you eyes. are the detective, and you're just talking to the suspect. So that might be that. T- I watched the trailer for it. I think we own that one. It may be the infectious. I, I know we own the Decker. I don't know if we own the shapeshifter. Maybe we own both. I know for sure we own Decker. Yeah, these are just ones we've ended up buying. Um, so I think there's. I don't. I wouldn't call it a resurgence because who knows if these games are really doing that well. But it's kind of interesting. They're a cool. It's like a weird subgenre of gaming that I'm. Uh, I'm happy to see because I always like seeing the stories play out and see cool stuff happen. I don't know if anything will ever be as interesting or as the the bunker was, but we'll we'll see moving forward. Yeah. You got any final thoughts on both games? I guess. For a genre people thought was dead, it's having a pretty good resurgence. That's what, that's what I just said. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, but because yeah. you hadn't seen, I hadn't seen FMV. Now there was a lot of FMV stuff on PC back in the day. I think and there was like more Mortal Kombat One. Mortal Kombat One had a little bit. Um, Command and Conquer had some. Um, it's just it was just a weird thing that people thought was like it was like a '90s thing, and it, I guess it even wasn't really that hot back then. But now you've got people acting out legitimate stories and doing like stuff, and maybe maybe it's going to be a, a thing moving forward. Hmm. I like them; they're good. Yeah, it's cool, especially now considering that video games in general, a lot of them are cinematic art pieces. They have yeah. huge like you look at the uh, all the Uncharted's and stuff. They're basically movies that you can interact with CGI movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of video games are moving more towards, you know. 
cinematic stuff, cinematic events and stuff. So maybe just literally the next step is playing a movie. But that's also not as impressive as a computer-animated, gorgeous-looking character, like seeing their hair blowing in the wind and stuff like yeah. that, as opposed to a real person. You're like, that's ah, less impressive. It doesn't take less talent to have someone's hair blow in real life than it does in a video game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please play both games. Yeah, and let us know if you uh, try them out, or even even if you just end up watching the videos, let us know what you think of the stories. Uh, keep the uh, spoilers of the end of the bunker. Maybe don't blatantly talk about those on, on the wide openness. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a really interesting parts of the bunker. Um, with that, I will turn this thing over to Blake. I'll say some stuff too, but Blake has a, we picked out a, I won't say a movie, it's more of a short film. That we watched a, a long, featurette. long featurette. We watched a long, long time ago, in mean, a couple of years. We we uh, we watched it again recently, and I'll post a link because you can watch the entire thirty-five minutes, probably thirty-one, thirty-one minutes of it on YouTube. So I'll I'll post a link to that in the show notes. And uh, I think you did some research because we were hoping there there would be a, a feature-length version of it, but uh, I think it's had some issues. But uh, I'll let Blake introduce you to Kung Fury. Now, Kung Fury originally came out in May 2015. It is, as we said, it's a featurette. Uh, it's only 31 minutes long. So it's a little, because I think short films are like 10 minutes or less. Yeah. So it's a micro movie. It pays homage to 1980s cop kung fu movies. Okay? <laughs> if you can't tell by the, the title. With dinosaurs. Laser raptors and a couple other things. Now it was originally kickstarted. Its original goal to be kickstarted was two hundred thousand. It managed to make six hundred and thirty thousand with like seventeen thousand yeah. backers. I wish we knew them back then. Yeah, their the, their final stretch goal was a million dollars, and they were going to make a feature length, but mm-hmm. they didn't hit that, so they, we got this. But this coming out was so huge that they did decide to make a feature length sequel mm-hmm. called Kung Fury Two. The movie. <laughs> and uh, the director, which is a gentleman named uh, David Sandberg, uh, he did say that they would not use any footage from the first movie. It will be an entire feature-length movie with no footage from yeah, the first yeah, movie. Yeah, no reused footage. Yeah. Now, his name's David Sandberg, not to be confused with David F. Sandberg, oh, who is responsible for uh, Shazam and a couple other movies. Mm-hmm. So, just forewarning. Now he does play the titular character. He he well, he he acts as the titular character. He's also writer and director. Mm-hmm. David Samberg. He plays Kung Fury. Now there's a a whole lot that happens in this thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and I can't talk about much without spoiling it. Yeah, the whole thing's thirty minutes. You might as well just watch it. Exactly, but. but it goes on to say, just a, a few quick point notes, is Kung Fury, uh, the re- <laughs> uh, Kung Fury is out with his partner, I think Kim, uh, that's, his, that's the character's last name, they're, he's a cop, and they're hunting down a, a ninja, <laughs> and they get out of the car, and they're like, we got you cornered, sucker, and he's like, yeah, man, let's... We're going to throw them in jail, and they do their cool little cop high-five and handshake, and as they do it, the Red Ninja cuts Lee in half. And Kung Fury, no! And he goes to 
attack the dude, but as he turns to attack the, the red ninja, he is struck by lightning and bitten by a cobra at the exact same time. <laughs> And <laughs> gives him gives him the fabled abilities of the of the kung fury of the kung fury uh, an ancient most powerful martial art that only one man will ever have. See, when he's struck by lightning, he sees the entire history of kung fury, and it's all embedded into his body. And it becomes amazing. he becomes basic. He becomes basically a, a superhero. <laughs> and the movie oh, it has a it's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Basically, what happens? It's, it's 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 every it's like a it's like a how do you explain? I mean, it's everything eighty everything eighties all smashed into thirty minutes. Like the everything that's everything everybody loved about the eighties is all smashed into a thirty minute a thirty minute window, and they cover basically it all. Every little cliche, every little. Uh, bonkers thing every bonkers like all the thing the music the the way the the way it looks and the uh the cgi they use it's all everything is extremely 80s they got the 80s computer and the overacting like a mofo the, yeah lots of over lots of overacting like i th- even think his dub is off a little bit yeah on purpose like the way he talks and he's so dramatic and he says a lot of it was really funny <laughs> a lot of really bad puns and, but he takes a moment to think about them and yeah. they then he says them, and then he regrets having said them, but he has to yeah, keep you, moving. You, see, the it the, you see it in the actor. Like, he says things sometimes, and he'll kind of look off to the side, but like, did I really say that? Yeah, it's all part of the comedy of it all. It's wonderful. And just to show, like, the, it has some pretty good pull, because they actually, with fo- they, they filmed some extra footage, and they used existing footage and edited it a little bit. Because there's a music video you can watch. This, I'm going to post... Uh, I'm going to post a link to the music video at the end of, on the show notes so you can watch the music video. The song's called True Survivor, and it is sung by none other than David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And they cut David Hasselhoff into parts of the movie for, for, the, music for the music video. video. And it, really... it is hilarious. And the song's not terrible either. I mean, it's very, real it's 80s. Very 80s, yeah. 80s pop or whatever. But I'm talking about all this, and there's one other key, key player is he's pulled a Terminator and he has traveled to the future to try to take the future over. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> also known as, because of his thorough research into the Kung Fury, is he wants to be the man who inherits Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. But he's not. So he calls himself the Kung Fuhrer. <laughs> and I bring him up because he is played by none other than uh, Yorma Tacone, one of the three members of Lonely Island. Yeah. He's also a writer for SNL. He's been in a bunch of other movies. Mm-hmm. And he plays the uh, Kung Fury. A, a, a ridiculously over the top Hitler. Maybe not as over the. He's probably more over the top than Tyka's and JoJo's. I haven't seen that yet, but yeah. he's definitely a little more wackadoo. And so he, he comes to the future to take over the future. Kung Fury then decides to go to the past to prevent him from coming to the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all this is 30 minutes. And it, I'll say without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, this is the best 30-minute viewing experience I've ever had in my life and I probably will ever have in my life. Yeah. To sit down for 30 minutes, if you got nothing else, this is the best 30 time you can spend in 30 minutes. Yeah. Easy. It's, it's non-stop. It's... 
action, it's jokes, it's it's just wackadoo. It's, it's, it, I say it's hard to explain it, but it's like once you see, if you even see, like even if you watch the music video first, you get a little, a little taste of what it's going to look like because it's done. It's very, it's extremely stylized, stylized yeah. to the for the '80s and stuff like that. It looks like I don't want to say Tron or anything like that, but like really just so much. The whole thing had to be shot in CGI, just it's about all green screen CGI, all green for screen sure. thing. Yeah. Um, I do have one note about the sequel. Oddly enough, is this it, it garnered enough fame yeah. that the sequel pulled some huge names. Yeah, like what's we'll get to it, but the the, the sequel's been filmed. It is filmed. It is currently in post production right now, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I don't know why post production has been halted due to investors suing them. And I don't. It was. It says lawsuits from investors, but that's all it's I vague, know. Yeah. Which I don't understand, because it's going to make money. Like, cool. It may not be. It, it, if you saw, see its YouTube numbers, I mean, yeah. If you see Kung Fury. And you expect the sequel to not be similar to that? There's something wrong with you for not paying attention to what they were pitching. Like that's on you. That's not them. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, it garnered a, a huge amount of attention to the point. Uh, Kung Fury's he had, well he has a partner in the movie. He has Kim, and then he gets a second partner, <laughs> Triceracop, and I'll leave you at that. And then another partner is to be introduced in Kung Fury 2. I don't know the character's name. I think it's Max something. And it's played by the great actor Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Magneto fame. He played, uh, what's his name? And the Covenant, uh, the Alien Covenant and the Alien... The uh, Android, yeah. I feel the, oh my God, Bishop. No, Bishop's the one from the... Original. Original ones. Anyway, but, he's the Android in the, in the newer Alien movies. Yeah. And on top of that, you got Michael Fassbender, all the people, I guess uh, some of the people from Kung Fury 1, including David Sandberg, reprising the role as Kung Fury. But now the president of the United States in Kung Fury 2, the movie, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's awesome. And you're like, I can't wait to see this movie. And people are suing them over something? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Someone's butt hurt that they're not going to make their money back or something. But you have it's all about money, though. Yeah, I don't know. But who knows? We're, so we're that right now. Better we're, come out or right now we're more or less worried that you can that lawsuits could keep this fin like movie that's probably done from ever coming out. It is done in post production. They halted post production. Yeah, so we're a little we're butt hurt. I'm butt hurt over it because I'm like, if, just put the movie out. Why wait this long? Yeah. Unless they were, unless they didn't bother checking in on the movie, which is their fault for not checking in on the movie. If you're investing, go look at it. Yeah. You know, look at the dailies every now and again. Don't just. Or, you let an artist make their art. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If, it, I, you, if I get an hour and a half of Kung Fury. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, if you if you make an hour and a half, it's like an you know eighty minutes or something, seventy minutes, um, double the length of the first one, I'd be happy. But I don't know. Just let people who, let people who make art, let them make their art. You know. Yeah. Like this podcast. This podcast is art. It's beautiful, and unique, and fantastic. 
Now, I don't have a whole lot because like anything I talk about uh, is there's, there, well, it's so short. You know, we we would spool anything like anything about it. And it's such a it's such a visual extravaganza. Oh yeah, there's a the, some of the fights he does and the jumping out of cars that are flying through the air and stuff like that. It's just. It's so extreme. It's every Fighting action. Fighting an angry rogue transforming arcade machine. Yeah. And jumping off the moon's surface. Yeah. <laughs> or a satellite in space at least. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got. I will, uh, I guess I'll wrap up here with, uh, it's out of context, but one of my favorite lines from the movie, Blake kind of mentioned one earlier, but he's doing, he, uh, Kung Fury's in a place and he sees these things and, he has a an a, a line in his head that I always 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 cracked me up, and uh, that's where I'll wrap up with him going. That explains the goddamn laser raptors. <laughs> I do want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.
some action.